episode 20. Episode 20 of Mum Talk. Um, this week you have me, and I promised that last week, but I actually thought oh, I haven't really got much to fill you in on. So I thought it'd be much more useful for you to listen in to Liz um, and her first aid bits and pieces. Um, I hope you've listened to the podcast and you enjoyed it, found it informative, maybe not enjoyed it, but you know what I mean. It can be obviously quite distressing imagining that you might have to do any of those things to your child, but I think it's worthwhile at least sowing the seed and letting you uh, make your own decision on whether you want to do a course or not. But it was certainly something that I'm thinking about. I think Hendrik and I are seeing Liz early August now, which will be lovely. And my prenatal yoga girls are seeing her in July. So this week, I thought I'd fill you in on how I'm getting on. Um, so last week, I had my 31-week appointment with my lovely, lovely midwife. And I really feel like I'm bonding a lot with my midwife now, which is really nice. I started off seeing two because one works Mondays, one works Thursdays and sometimes I couldn't do Thursdays, sometimes I couldn't do Mondays. Um, So I was seeing two and then when we started the whole bump measuring thing, if you're at this stage you'll know what I mean but they measure your bump and the measurements are so open to... uh, they're they're kind of within millimetres, puts you like above or below where you according to your chart should be um so she wanted me to stick with one midwife because they all measure a little bit differently and didn't want to raise any false alarms for potentially small measurements or large measurements so I'm now sticking with one midwife and I see her uh on Mondays which is really nice although I never know when to see her whether to see her when I'm almost at my new week or later in my new week because my week changes on a Thursday so I never know whether to go um within the which which side of the week to go anyway so um yeah I saw my midwife and that was really nice I measured first time around I can't remember if I shared this with you but first time I measured around I measured slightly above my line and this time I measured slightly below my line so I don't know, somehow mentally in my mind I was quite happy about that because I had started to panic thinking, oh my gosh, this is the start of a big baby. Even though I don't feel very big, um, I was panicking thinking that it might be the start of a big baby. So anyway, it's not, obviously, if you are above your line. It is definitely not the sign of a big baby. It's just the way that your mind plays tricks on you. So um, I am slightly below my line, which is... um, good but I'm very very near the line and we chatted what else did we chat about so I'm next seeing her when I'm just before 34 weeks and she's going to come to the house and we're going to talk about birth stuff where I want to have my birth um, and all that kind of thing and Hendrik has also taken the day off so he can be there because I think it's really important for him to be there with us as we discuss that so he can understand kind of um, he, he sees a lot of danger around certain places of birth, i.e. in the home, <laughs> and it frustrates me a little bit because he doesn't necessarily know or understand or has read anything about home birth. Um, 
So it'll be nice to have the midwife and actually him getting some proper facts from the midwife, I think, will be really beneficial for him. So she's coming uh, late July to do that when I'm 34 weeks. So I am 32 weeks this coming Thursday. I am recording this on a Monday because I am trying to be really organized and I um, have a bit of a busy day today and then tomorrow uh, Hendrick's off. So we're going to do something nice before I then head down to Sulcum to run my yoga retreat um, for four days. So I'm really looking forward to that, but I don't think that's going to be easy. It'll just be quite tiring. I ran my uh, yoga brunch yesterday, Sunday yoga brunch, yesterday in in like 32 degrees heat. Our garden is like a furnace. We've got super high hedges all the way around and a wall at the back and then the house at the other end. So it's quite a warm cube. Anyway, it was lovely, but I think the heat really took it out of me and I possibly did a little bit too much yoga because it really inspired me to get back on my mat teaching them and do quite a dynamic practice, I suppose, for this stage in my pregnancy. But my body really wanted it and I really, really enjoyed it. But this morning, I definitely feel it in my lower back and I don't know whether that's... I mean, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's what I was doing yesterday, but currently I'm sitting on my birthing ball my it's basically a pilates yoga ball thing um but it is really nice and comfy so i'm just gonna hang out here and i don't know what you guys have heard about birthing positions and um obviously the ball is really useful and if you're doing an nct class and stuff you'll you'll get to know your ball a bit better but your ball's really useful for birthing uh positions and like your partner being able uh, you sitting on your ball and your partner being able to give you massage and just getting like the hips in the right place I think and pelvic floor stuff and encouraging the downward motion of baby um, but also I was reading quite recently in this book that I have about if you sit in a so if you like slouch on the sofa or if you're on your chair and you're just really comfy but your back is almost in like a bit of a u-shape Apparently you want to try and avoid that because it can encourage your baby to go, is it breach? I can't remember. Breach and, breach and, another form of breach, I think, where it's face up or something. Um, No, that can't be right. I can't remember. But have a little read about stuff like that because... It was really interesting. I didn't realise how, you know, if you're sitting on the sofa for the whole of the afternoon or the evening, they say to try and lie on your side or not to be in this U-shape, not to slouch um, because it encourages baby to get really comfortable in a really little nook and cranny towards the end of your pregnancy. And um, it might encourage baby to kind of turn the wrong way, (laughs) which obviously you don't necessarily want if you're after a natural birth. So I have a little read about that. I'll try and find a bit more information about it and share that with you over the coming weeks um, as we, as I start to get a little bit later in my pregnancy. There are so many of you joining this podcast now, which is just awesome. I keep getting loads of DMs and text messages, well, yeah, texts and emails um, saying that uh, you're like 12 weeks pregnant, so you're really excited to start what, start listening to the podcast um, or you've just found out that you're pregnant or you're 30 weeks pregnant, you've just come across the podcast. So I'm very, very happy. And I've also had quite a few dads DM me as well, which is amazing. 
saying they're really happy that they have something to listen into and get a bit of a glimpse into what their wives are or their partners are going through or their girlfriends are going through. So it's really nice to hear from you and to know that I'm doing my good deed in the world and sharing um, my experiences with you and hopefully helping. Anyway, back to my midwife appointment, which I digress from. So we did the bump measurement, checked the heart rate, which was all fine. My midwife appointments are normally quite brief. I generally tend not to have any questions. Um, I don't know why that is actually, but I'm just not, I guess I'm just not thinking about things too much at the moment. Most of my questions are around home, are around birth, I think, because I started my NCT course uh, last week. Yeah, uh, last week. On Tuesday, I had my first session. They had a session before, but we were still in France. So I had my first session on Tuesday, and then we had an all-day session on Saturday. Hendrik, it was great. He was able to make the Tuesday session, but we're pretty sure that's the only session he's going to be able to make. I felt really awkward about going by myself, but actually it was fine. Everyone is so lovely and really welcoming, really kind, um, and yeah, I didn't feel out of my comfort zone at all, which was nice. I mean, I'm never good in, um, like a class, school <laughs> scenario. I never really answer the questions or I speak really quietly, but I don't know, maybe that's just a hang up that I've got from school. <laughs> um, so we had our first, I had my first NCT and we, in the first one, we kind of talked about the stages of labour, um, first stage, second stage, third stage, and then fourth stage, some people like to call it. So I will let you guys discover that for yourselves if you do a class. Um, let me know if you want more information on that and I will share it with you, but I don't want to ruin any of your own experiences because I think it's important that we all learn on this journey um, ourselves and I don't want to ruin things. So we learned that in the first session and Saturday was all about, um, we did some nappy changing, which was awesome because I actually haven't, and this was one of the reasons why I started the podcast, because I actually haven't been around babies so much and I don't think I've ever changed a nappy in my life. Um, maybe, no, I really haven't. I really haven't changed a nappy. I've watched people do it, but I've never changed a nappy in my life. So this was great. Our teacher had put whole grain mustard inside nappies on the babies and we were we didn't know about this anyway we were practicing changing nappies and doing the um top and tail cleaning of the baby which you do in the very early stages and open my nappy and it was full of mustard <laughs> it was really funny but I think I did quite well and also I got to actually use and see my first um, non-disposable nappy. She had some tot spots nappies there. I'm going to do a nappy episode, so hang fire with me on that one. Um, but this, I, I got to see the tot spots because online I kind of think, oh gosh, they look really big and really clumpy. How are they going to be comfortable? But they're not. They're not at all. They're pretty similar, to be honest. Um, and used that and that was really good and then we talked about safe, safe sleeping in the cot um, and obviously how to safe sleep in this weather so I, I'm sure by the time I give birth things are going to be a bit cooler in early September but potentially I could um, have a, a mid to late August baby so it's good to know 
what you can put, what you should be putting on your baby in this heat, because I know that's a worry of a lot and lot of mums. I'm really, really hoping that I'm going to have a sleep baby sleep expert on the podcast um, towards the end of July. I'm just waiting uh, on a PR company to organise that for me. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really hoping that I'll be able to get them on because I think that would be very, very useful for everybody, especially in this heat. And I think it's one of in our NCT actually the dads were sharing it's one of their main concerns is sleeping how to dress them where to put them you know how to tuck them in should you have this should you have that you know are we going to feel confident enough to leave them to actually sleep by themselves um so I think it's really important and during the NCT course we looked at so on Saturday we also looked at pain relief and we also looked at where to have your baby now I know I've shared on the podcast before that I've really wanted a home birth and then I kind of thought well actually Hendrik's really not keen he's very nervous about it are his nerves going to make me nervous and in that case should we go to the birthing center at um the RDNE, which is our local Exeter hospital unfortunately it wouldn't be the Honiton Birth Centre because they've closed for labour and birthings which is so sad because that would definitely be now it would definitely be my first choice I think um however if something goes wrong you've still got to go to RD&E so you might as well have a home birth in my opinion anyway my main concern and if anyone else is based in Exeter, maybe all the hospitals are the same, I don't know. But my main concern about the birthing centre and RDE is the birthing centre only has three pools, or I think two pools and a stand up shower. And then there's one room on the labour ward, which is actually within the hospital, I believe, that has a pool. So August and September seem to be a really, really busy time for births. That's what I seem to be seeing so many people are due around the same time as me in August bank holiday and I don't know maybe it's like this all year round you just don't realize but it seems to be a very busy time and I just can't believe that there will only be two or three people wanting to use the birthing pools and then they've got to clean them disinfect them rerun the bath that all that all must take quite a lot of time if there's like people who do that available um, to switch the rooms around and clean everything so I was my main concern right now is that I'm going to rock up and there isn't going to be a pool available and I think that would send me into a little bit of a panic because I'm really hoping to have little to none pain relief little to no pain relief um so I would I would really like the pool. <laughs> anyway, I was talking to the NCT lady about it, and I'm going to talk to my midwife about it as well. And I think what I might do is actually... I've got to win Hendrick around on this, obviously, but what I might do is arrange a home birth, get a pool, rent a pool, have a pool. At least that means I can stay at home for as long as possible. Um, and then if I do have to go in for the last stage of labour and there's no pool at least I've had my pool I don't know maybe it's silly but also if everything's progressing really really well then I could stay at home so I'm going to chat to my midwife and see 
see how she feels. We actually got a paddling pool yesterday because I just couldn't put up with the heat anymore. And even though I'm really, really trying not to buy anything plastic, I really, really am trying. I couldn't find a paddling pool that wasn't plastic. <laughs> I don't know if anyone has come across a paddling pool that's not made out of plastic, but I can imagine it's quite hard to get a paddling pool that's not made out of plastic. But anyway, unless a huge hole goes in it, I can't see myself getting rid of it for quite a few years because I would like to think that it'll see us through next summer, summer after that, summer after that. But it made me realise what it's going to be like to be in a pool to give birth. And it was actually really nice. I was sitting in our paddling pool yesterday just reading my book. It was freezing because we had literally just filled it. We didn't fill it very much because I stupidly got quite a big pool um, because... It was one of those things where I was like, I want it, I need it, and I need it now. I really wanted this little one, but I couldn't get it delivered until like Wednesday or Thursday. And then I had a look on Argos, and I managed to find this pool. Um, and it was the only one that was available for you to do fast track, which is where you buy it online and then go and pick it up. <laughs> so yeah, not very good of me, not very... Um, environmentally friendly of me but I was desperate and I'm pregnant and I'm sure there's a lot of mums out there who can um understand where I'm coming from but yeah it was just way too hot way too hot and I think I overdid it yesterday a bit with my Sunday yoga brunch um but on to work I seem to have this so I've, I've really started to try and slow down although I say that and I've just done my yoga brunch I'm still teaching my prenatal yogis because I love them all they're just the best um, and I think we're going to be very good friends, which is really nice. Well, we are very good friends already, which is nice. And I have my yoga retreat coming up, as I've mentioned before, this weekend. Well, starting on Thursday. But I am, I feel like I'm slowing down in my work, but I have all of this new energy and all of this motivation to get stuff done, to do things. I can't seem to st sit still. And even though work is kind of, um, yoga work, monetary work is slowing off. Um, stuff with the podcast uh, and lots and lots of research that keeps me very busy and things around the house keep me very busy. Um, but I have this massive overwhelming guilt, <laughs> which sounds really ridiculous, but if I just sit down or if Hendrik isn't here or I'm not kind of tending to anybody or I'm not helping with anything or doing something for the nursery or doing something for work or teaching my private clients I just feel guilty like I should be doing something I don't feel like I can just stop and relax which is ridiculous because you know I'm seven well six weeks almost five weeks away from um potentially you know having baby uh and I should really relish these moments and enjoy them and enjoy the peace and quiet and enjoy the time by myself and just let myself be. But I just can't seem to settle into that space just yet. Maybe when my retreat's over, when I stop teaching my prenatal, which I think will be early August, depending on how I'm feeling. I mean, if I'm feeling like I am now, I'll just keep going because I feel great. But I, yeah, so it's, it's a little bit odd. I don't know. Is anyone else feeling like that? Is anyone else in their late stages of pregnancy and they're just feeling like, oh, I've got so much energy, I could do so much, but I'm not. <laughs> That's what I feel like. Maybe it's because Hendrik's working really hard as well. Hendrik, is, it's his busiest time of year right now and he's working super, super hard. So maybe it's that. I don't know. Maybe it's that. Um, 
but I do definitely feel guilty. Anyhow, um, our pram arrived last week. Yeah, last week. So I picked up our pram this time last week on Monday. Yeah, and it's lovely. It's beautiful. We got a Jules Geo 2 in the end, which is a small framed pram, but you have the ability to turn it into a double if you so wish. We also got our car seat, and our car seat is the Kiddie Eva Luna I-size that we went for in the end, which is also really, really lovely. And it matches just about the greys that we have on the pram. Uh, I am still very much monitor hunting. If anyone has any um, feedback on monitors that they've bought, baby monitors, I'd very much uh, like to hear your thoughts on baby monitors. I'm not sure I have enough information to do a whole podcast on monitors um, for you all, because I have been getting loads of questions of what I've been finding out about monitors, but they all seem to be about the same, unless you go for one with a pad on the bottom of the mattress, which I don't think I'm going to do, um, because I think it'll actually cause me more stress than anything. Maybe I'll regret that, but hopefully not. I am thinking I'm just going to get a video one, I think, and just a simple one, not one that connects into our iPhones or anything, just a simple one, because I don't want to be obsessed with watching this child sleep, our child sleep. Um, I think it would be nice to be able to connect into iPhones, but the research, or the, the research that I've done, it seems like a lot of these, it's just not quite there yet, and a lot of the signals drop out, um, sometimes you can't get onto them, which then makes you worry even more that maybe the camera's down, maybe the babysitter um, hasn't, uh, maybe the babysitter hasn't realised that the camera's working. Who knows? Who knows? But um, I think I'm just going to keep it fairly simple. I would love to hear your thoughts if you have any. If you want to DM me of what you think I should do, I would be really grateful. Um, but also, I have been sent this week or actually last week over the last couple of weeks some really beautiful pieces for the nursery so over the next coming few podcasts because you've all been asking me so many questions I am going to be doing podcasts or sharing with you um, my top finds for nursery furniture my top hacks um, of how to make things as you might have seen if you're if you follow me on Instagram which is just Emma Jolan you may well have seen me making the felt uh, little to felt toys for our um, our baby gym, which Hendrik also made. So there's so much you can do around your nursery to save a ton of money if you want to, because baby stuff is really expensive, and I'm really trying to save up for the big buys um, because I had no idea things like baby monitors were so expensive, and I had no idea breast pumps were so expensive. <laughs> so. It's the big things that I'm really trying to um, spend money on. Also, you know, things like cots and baskets and all this kind of stuff. It all adds up extremely quickly. So I have been doing loads of research into affordable, handmade, some of it handmade, um, sustainable, well-sourced products baby products for you because it is a minefield out there and lots of you don't have the time to research it and I understand that and 
I enjoy doing this stuff. So I hope I can help you and I hope you find them helpful. I'm not saying that you should absolutely go and buy these things because maybe they're not right for you. But at least then you might have something to look at and then you can decide whether you like it or not and go from there. Um, But these little bits that I've been sent for the nursery so far, they're just kind of little niceties and nice things to have and it's been lovely to receive some gifts um from brands for our little one so go on my instagram right now if you have the ability to and if you go to the highlight section you'll see beanie's room it says because we're calling our baby beanie in the belly she's not going to be called beanie outside the belly (laughs) but inside the belly she's called beanie so i've just called it beanie's room and i think the prime's on there also under all things baby but under the nursery uh, there's a bunch of little snippets of these few bits and pieces which i'm going to share with you now so if you want to see the images of them then go and have a look but firstly and i think this is possible Probably my favourite thing of all because also the sentiment behind it I think is just beautiful. Um, In fact the sentiment behind all of these is beautiful which is why um, I love them so much and why I am so happy to uh, share them with you because they've taken a lot of research to find and I think that they are all just gorgeous. So the first one is Hope and Fortune Blankets. So Hope and Fortune Blankets um, uh, was founded by Louise. She's also, she's a mum herself. Hope was her daughter and Fortune was her horse. And they, she makes beautiful organic blankets. Absolutely beautiful luxury baby blankets. And her core values lie in obviously the quality, so organic cotton they're ethically made, they're free of all the nasty chemicals and synthetic fibres that you get in lots of things these days. It's made with three layers of unbleached muslin and she gives it to you in this most gorgeous little keepsake box. So the sentiment behind it is that it gets handed down um, through families um, and you know children's children's children children so I think it's just so lovely and so much effort has gone into creating these and into making these and also she um, supports um, so five percent of her sales goes to um, the one-to-one scheme which is a partnership with Educid. I think I'm saying that right Educid. Um, which is a UK-based charity to educate children in the UK. So I think it is really beautiful. Go on her website to find out more. Just Google Hope and Fortune and I'm sure you'll find it. I will put the links in so you can click on the links in the show notes. Um, But yeah, have a little look. They are absolutely beautiful. They're the softest things I think I have ever touched. They are gorgeous. So the next thing is Flenstead. So Flenstead is a company in Denmark. They started in 1953. 1953! And they are a true family business. A true family business. So they are currently in their third generation. It started with uh, the grandparents, then their son, and now Kit, who is the daughter. And they make the most beautiful, beautiful baby mobiles. But they're so... They're handmade... And they're crafted in a way that makes 
the shapes um, send out these beautiful, beautiful shadows, and they're very minimal. They move with the slightest of breeze. Uh, I have the Oli pastel, Oli uh, Oliphants um, in pastel pink colours, because we're obviously having a girl, and they are just gorgeous. And Hendrik's going to put them up, I hope, <laughs> really soon, um, because I really enjoy them. I really enjoy just watching them, but they are gorgeous. But what I think is lovely is that when the grandparents started, so when they started in like 1953 and they couldn't keep up with the, the demand, they made a really famous uh, mobile and they couldn't keep up with the demand. So they asked their neighbours next door to help them make them. And they did. And that's how um, this kind of homeworker thing started. And now, even such a successful company, the company is made up of 50 homeworkers. So Kit and her team visit um, these 50 people working from their own homes, give them the supplies they need to make the mobiles. Then when they revisit them, they pick up the already made mobiles. So there's no factory. There's no kind of big massive overarching business that's going on here it's just really kept to those 1953 principles and really family business and they're, they've had some people working there for 40 years with them and again it's in the hope that these mobiles will just be passed down and passed down and passed down to the future generations and I I just think that's lovely it gives me goosebumps I think it's really really nice um so yeah check them out check them out Whilst we're on kind of mobile and toy things, um, I found a company called Sarah and Bendrix. They are a beautiful little um, store in Surrey. They're a modern gift store and they're full of small brands and independent designers. Again, in the hopes, you can probably see the theme, in the hope that their items become family heirlooms. So what you might see on my, they sent us the three gorgeous, gorgeous toys. Um, I know Baby will be possibly too young to play with them, but actually Hendrik and I have been playing with them. <laughs> um, we were sent the Bartholomew wooden dog rattle, which is like a counter or a rattle. It's made of wood and it's sustainably sourced in Europe, the wood. Um, and yeah, it's just absolutely gorgeous. Really, really, really cute. We also got the Montgomery pull-along wooden dog, which when you pull it along, it plays the xylophone. It is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And the effort that has gone into these toys to make these toys, they are just so beautifully put together. You can almost kind of imagine yourself in Santa's grotto or something and they're putting these toys together. It's, they're adorable. And then we were also sent a soft toy, the Little Hippo, if you want to look online and see what we were sent, the Little Hippo from the Safari Friends um, section. And it's gorgeous. And it is going to be Beanie's, well it is, it's Beanie's first little soft toy gift. No one else has given us a toy, so it's really, really nice. So thank you so much, Veronica. So it's not um, the name of the shop, um, are actually two of Veronica's favourite characters. But Veronica runs the store. So if you're in Surrey, go check them out. They are really, really lovely. And they do lots of natural skincare. Um, it's not just children's toys. They do gifts for babies. If you're going to a baby shower, I highly recommend you check out their website. You could pretty much buy anything and everything from there. And I'm sure you'll 
mum-to-be that you're seeing would be ecstatic. <laughs> and then the last one is for Nessie. So for Nessie, we've, we, in NCT we were looking at how to carry our babies. And when they're at the newborn stage, some of these carriers can be quite rough and quite kind of big. And even though Hendrick's always been against, like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to wear a wrap, I'm, it's going to look really hippie, I don't want to wear a wrap, I want to wear a wrap, because the baby is so tiny and so soft and so gorgeous, you just want to feel their skin up against yours and squeeze them in real nice and tight. Um, and for Nessie wraps do just that. They're beautifully soft. I mean, beautifully soft. And they have these stretchy sections in the wrap so you can really get baby nice and tight. And they send it again in this beautiful box with all of these and they don't print the instructions, which is fantastic. Good on you, Fornessi. Um, they send you these little scan barcodes so you can have a look at your tutorial of how to wrap your baby. I have tried with a teddy. It didn't work out so well, but I'm gonna keep trying because I'm definitely going to need practice. It's not complicated at all. I think just because my teddy was squishy as well, I just couldn't get it tight enough. <laughs> and also I didn't really know what I was doing. So I need to put the YouTube video in front of me and try it. But I was sent the most beautiful coral, um, coral colored wrap, which is gonna be so nice through September and into the winter to keep it really summery really nice um, but yeah I also got kind of a pinky color so Hendrik wouldn't feel pressured into wearing it because there's obviously no way that he's going to wear a pinky coral color <laughs> or maybe he will I don't know maybe he will but there are just some beautiful beautiful little items and I really encourage you if you're looking um, just because they're small independent companies does not mean all of their stuff is expensive I have really looked at keeping the bits and pieces that I recommend and that I found affordable um, because I think it's so important that a lot of these companies are run by women and it is really important to support the smaller independent companies out there who are creating the most beautiful, beautiful items and beautiful brands with such lovely um, sentiments and from such a good place and sustainability and they're all very um, aware of our planet and how we're not doing very many favours for our planet. So maybe next time, instead of shooting to Mothercare to pick up some bits and pieces, just have a little Google online, see if you can find something um, or a small independent company who pops up. Or I mean, Instagram, I'm not one for kind of um, encouraging you to use social media but it is a great way to connect with uh, brands and really get an insight into their essence, really, um, and to see if it's something that you would like to support. So, yeah, there you go. I hope that's been helpful um, for you, and it's, especially if you're going to a baby shower. These, this podcast, I guess, or these few brands mentioned on this podcast are brilliant, brilliant, if you want to give gifts um, for someone's baby shower or maybe they've just had their baby and you want a practical gift, you want to get them something that's really practical. I'm definitely going to be doing a baby shower episode and gifts because there's so much stuff that you don't necessarily want as a mum because um, you've already got it. Or and, and everything is so very expensive that if you do want to give a gift, I always think, well, give something that's super meaningful 
or that you know they're going to really need. One um, thing my sister says, because she's holding a little gathering for me, um, is bring your favourite childhood book from when you were a baby, when you when you remember, or when you were a young child. Bring your favourite childhood book. And then your little baby has all of these lovely books from all of you know her older friends-to-be who are going to have her best interests at heart. And I just thought that was lovely. I thought that was a really, really nice idea for baby shower because you don't want to also feel pressured into having to go out and buy something for a baby shower. So maybe you want to pass down your favourite book if you still have it. Or maybe you want to pop to Waterstones and see if you can grab it or order it online from an independent bookstore. Anyway, I'm going to leave you there because this is an opportunity for a relatively short podcast and you guys don't have to listen to my waffle on. Um, But thank you for listening in and send me all your questions. If there's stuff you want to know or particular things that you want to hear about or you're really struggling to try and find something um maybe I found it (laughs) maybe I have found it already and I can help you um but yeah pop me a message so Emma um it's not Emma I did this last week as well it's mumtalkpodcast at gmail.com or dm me at emma jolin or reach out to me on twitter which I'm actually never on but you can it's just underscore emma jolin and then there's also the Facebook page, which I am not really using. I'm so sorry, but I seem you seem to be connecting with me in all these other wonderful ways, which seem great too. But if you want to connect with me on Facebook, if that's easier for you, you can just go to the Mum Talk Podcast Facebook page and message me through there. We'll start a chat and see if there's anyone on there sharing the same stuff with you. But I will catch up with you next week and I hope you have a lovely, lovely week. Take it easy. If you're pregnant, take it easy in the heat. If you've got low blood pressure and you're pregnant, definitely take it easy in the heat. And yeah, catch up with you next week. Lots of love.